Hey there, welcome to the Book of Medora podcast. The podcast where we discuss the lore of the Legend of Zelda series. I'm your host, Crystal, and with me is Monica. Hello. And Cameron. Hi. Today we will be discussing a possibly canonical, or possibly non-canonical, Zelda game, Zelda Unrivaled, also known as Zelda Muso, also known as Hyrule Warriors. Originally released for the 3D for the Wii U, then ported to the 3DS and Nintendo Switch. Crystal, what is it that creates this doubt with regards to the game's canonicity? Well, it does not have the Legend of Zelda in the title. True. Uh, another argument would be that the story is bad. That is also <laughs> a, that is an argument. A third argument might be that it is singular in its treatment of the text. Oh, now you're just quoting me directly. <laughs> I don't think any of these are actually compelling arguments. Okay. I think a possibly compelling argument would be an appeal to the authority of Nintendo, who says really? that it's not canon. However, we have long dispensed with that. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should put our caution in. Yeah, we should put our caution in. Um, we're going to make fun of this game in a few places. That's going to happen. Um, for our listeners, though... I really enjoyed this game. Monica enjoyed the game for the time that she spent playing it. Uh, Crystal, you have not played the game, but you have watched the story compilation on YouTube, correct? That is correct. Okay. So, since we're only talking about the story of the game, I think that's all that we really need to cover. We're going to be tough. We're going to be tough on it. But it comes from a place of love. I mean, I really enjoyed the game. I enjoyed the game for 80 hours, playing through all the adventure mode maps, which, by the way, back in the Wii U version, did not have all these Switch version niceties like being able to buy the map items in the shop. You had to grind for them, and grinding for them was a very real uh, time waster. Oh, the loop of this game is really something. They should give us a Hyrule Warriors 2, though, but yeah, whatever. Okay, so we should probably jump into it. Okay, so uh, there's no intro. There's no intro. When you say no intro, you mean there's like no title there's screen? There's no intro text. Oh, no intro text. Oh, it's not a narrated intro like you usually get. Right. No painty pictures. No painty pictures. No... Well, you do... This is a little bit more like the intro to Skyward Sword, I think. Skyward Sword had a painty picture intro. Oh, shit. It did have a painty picture intro. How did I forget that that fast? That was pretty fast. That hey, was listen. Rapid fire. It's early. Shut up. You well, say- there's a good reason for this. Because all the other games were told from the perspective of people in the future looking back on the past. Uh-huh. Whereas this is set in that future. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is definitely set in a future. Um, just based on your viewing of the cutscenes, Crystal, before we really get into it, when, how far in the future do you think this takes place? Uh, 10 million years. That's a lot of that's a lot of ten thousands. Okay. Doesn't that approach like the death of the sun and so on? No, it does not. Is that a hundred million? You're thinking ten billion? Oh, oops. That's billion, even billion. a thousand times more than ten million. Yeah, it's many ten thousands. Okay. So we start off with Zelda standing in the middle of a field playing the goddess harp. Playing the goddess harp. And Shadow creeps around and she drops the sacred harp. And runs. And runs. She drops the goddess harp. Yes. That's harsh. And And it's just the goddess harp. It's the same harp from Skyward Sword. Uh-huh. Sheik's harp. Sheik's harp, yeah. Darkness consumes the place and 
oh no, but it's okay. It's just a dream or a nightmare. Yeah, Zelda wakes up. A prophetic dream. Zelda wakes up in her bedroom. And this is the first instance of, you know, Zelda in a nightgown. I think this might be the first entrance in any of these games that has someone in actual sleepwear. Yeah. And actually, it's the first time, like, we have Zelda having that dream instead of Link. That's kind of fun. That is kind of fun. Though the way that it frames that is also interesting. Because Zelda, throughout the series, has prophetic dreams all the time. And she knows. And she knows that they're prophetic dreams. Except in Skyward Sword. Where she's not really clear on exactly what's going on. Because her role hasn't been established yet. But in this particular sequence, that's not the case. Impa has to point out to her that it's a prophetic dream. Impa's there. Impa's there, and Zelda's like, I keep having the same nightmare over and over. And Impa's like, um, if you keep having that same nightmare over and over, it must surely be prophecy. We must now seek out the one, the reincarnated soul of the hero. No, dot, 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 him. Him, I'm sorry. We must seek out dot, 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 him. Lots of ellipses in the dialogue for this game. The reborn establishing that the hero is always male. Yes. That is definitely a thing that happens in Mm -hmm. this game. Not only that the hero is always male, but this game is extremely canonical in its own interpretation with the idea that the hero is not forged. They are reborn, and it is part of their destiny to be the hero. Because we have to find the reborn spirit of the hero. Yes, the reborn. It was very direct right off the bat. Reborn spirit of the hero, him. After 10 million years, he's been forged pretty good. Ah, uh, <laughs> we we have Impa's outfit and design here already. Yeah, so we can talk about it. This is a pretty good Impa design. Yeah, a lot of people hold it up as their favorite design for the character. Crystal, people- what do you think? I think it's a pretty good variation on Skyward Sword Impa. Yeah, me too. Yes, I'd call it probably. Um, of the warrior-style Impas, I'd call it probably my third favorite after Ocarina of Time and Skyward Sword. Hmm. I could say it's second, maybe you, third. You like it better than Ocarina? I, I can't be entirely sure that my love of Ocarina is yeah, just, Yeah, it's know. just clouding the shit out yeah. of it. Um, Zelda gets dressed, so now we can discuss her outfit. <laughs> yeah, the, the designs for all of the main characters in this game, um are very Koei Tecmo. A lot of people also really like this design for Zelda, but it's very much what you'd call a Musou design. Where her dress is actually a little cape, a back cape. Like a capelet thing. Is that is that a... I don't know anything about, like, riding skirts. Is that what that is? No. Oh, I don't know what the fuck. What's it supposed to be then? I, it just shows her thighs, so I would just call it, like, a half cape. A half cape? No, I don't know. But they're treating it as, like, a skirt. And then, you know, her little... Shield. No, her little tapestry yeah, apron yeah, yeah. thing covering some of her legs for modesty. I guess. It's, it's an, a really busy design. Uh, yeah. It's busy and it's silly looking. We should point out at this point that it, Zelda has the hero's tunic and the the undiscussed hero's scarf in her room. Yes, she does. It's very uh, shades of Link Between Worlds here. So they set out... And they're walking the castle ramparts. Actually, Crystal, I want to hear what you think of Zelda's design in this game. Because I know a lot of people like it very much a lot. And most of the people who really like it are huge weebs. I I think it's a good design. Are you calling Crystal a huge weeb? 
not a huge one. I am a weeb. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I like it. What? Okay. It's I'm cute. It's cute. It is cute. It's cute. Back to walking the castle ramparts. I don't mean to call out any of our <laughs> listeners who like this design. They're I, just definitely huge I, weebs. I was more shocked at <laughs> signing Crystal that title. What? Have you followed Crystal on Twitter? Yes. Well, then you know. All of us. Listen, we can't escape painting ourselves with that brush either. Listen to this fucking podcast. <laughs> so they're walking the castle ramparts, and the new recruits happen to be training down there. And it's a bunch of uh, Muso soldier men who all look identical, except for this one guy. This this one guy who doesn't have his regulation helmet like the other guys. Yeah, he's got his head bare, which is especially egregious because he's training with this other guy. And he defeats the other guy by hitting him on the skull with his training sword. And it like rings his helmet really loud. And the guy goes down. And that's a cool moment, except that if Link had taken that same blow, it would have shattered his skull. Yeah, but the, the hero doesn't get skull bashed. And Zelda's like, ooh, who's that boy? <laughs> they meet eyes. It's instant. And it's instant. <laughs> instant. 45 seconds in, we found him. Let's go, people. But, but Impa is dismissive in saying, like, no, we won't find any. Nobody <laughs> here. Surely the hero would be more accomplished our 10 million years of experience is not enough to show us that the hero comes from humble beginnings. But good thing um, monsters are attacking the castle, so um, they have to assemble the actual troops and run off. Only new recruit Link, oh, we don't know his name, but it's... It's Link. It's Link. Come on. Runs against orders. Against orders, uh, steals a real sword, and goes out to fight. Ugh. Yeah, well, I mean, like, that's not exactly out of keeping with how this works. It is interesting that Link's perspective doesn't enter into it until it's time to fight, though. He's treated very much as a shonen-style hero of the story, where his perspective isn't the one by which he's introduced, which is not in keeping with the rest of the Legend of Zelda games in that sense. And because Nintendo is pretty, probably pretty heavy on insisting that Link doesn't talk no talking um we are greeted by and link immediately saves a fairy named proxy who will act as a proxy for link's voice and emotions throughout the rest of the story yes she'll do the little cut in dialogue for link i kind of like proxy Uh, it's a cute I, i i like it as a narrative tool yes that's yes yeah I like when Link talks in the game. His portrait technically has a little blue uh, Photoshop filter on it. So technically, he's not talking. Yeah, Link's talk. Proxy's dialogue attributed to Link directly paints a very funny picture of who Link is in this game. (laughs) I think they still did mean to have her speak like a tiny fairy. Of course. Yes, that's exactly what I mean. But then also, like, she's also speaking Link's feelings out is Uh how we're supposed to read at least some of the sequences in this game. But yes, Proxy is our Navi for this game for now. So not only is this army composed of monsters from all across the Zelda universe, but one of its generals is also from the Monster Hunter universe. What do you mean? Uh, Well, Volga is a man who killed and skinned Volvagia and wears its scales as armor. That is definitely what it looks like, isn't it? Um, 
Well, we're not going to be talking about any of the expansion campaigns, um, so I'm not going to bother correcting that. Yes, Volga did definitely do that. Are we you saving th- Hyrule Warriors Legends for another episode? We're definitely not. <laughs> what? I thought Volga was just, you know, they, they needed a human-like person, and they were like, we're going to make Volvagia into a human. That is essentially what happened, yes. What's um, the name of that in the Japanese style? I don't know. Like when you make a Pokemon human. Oh, Gajinka. There we go. Volga is Gajinka Volvagia. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly what's going on. But um, I will say, just for the sake of clarity, that Volvagia's relationship... uh, My memory may be very wrong here, but Volga and Volvagia have no actual relationship. Volga is just a very powerful, honorable knight who's being mind-controlled into serving Sia. What? Yeah. By Volvagia? No, by Sia, the evil sorceress. Who and were going and to she be- liked a, a Volvagia She theme. needed a strong guy to lead her armies. Right, but why the dragon stuff? That uh, He's magic dragon knight, man. I don't fucking know. He's from Monster Hunter Worlds. Why does he turn into... Oh, Crystal, you only watch the cutscene, so you don't see that a lot of the time he actually turns into a dragon. Like in Monster Hunter. <laughs> oh, nah. Now, granted, the only Monster Hunter that I've played is World, but you don't do a lot of turning into a dragon in that one. He's Elden's son. Oh, okay. Well, that's also possible. One interesting note is that even though Volka is definitely based on Volvagia, the dragon that he turns into is very much a Western-style dragon with six limbs, two of those being wings. And uh, it doesn't actually look much like Volvagia except for his head. So it seems like he's an almost unrelated dragon that is also a person. Because this is one of those stories where the dragons are dudes. So anyway, Volka is leading all the... Hold on. Um, is And this first opening, it's mostly a bunch of Stal children that you're fighting, right? Yes. And... Okay, so... You get multiple versions of the same enemy type at least once, I think. I know that you fight a lot of the Bacoblins from Skyward Sword, but I think you also end up fighting Bacoblins or maybe Bulblins. It might be the Bulblins from Twilight Princess. But one of the things about this game is that it puts forth a theory of reading of the Zelda text whereby these differences between enemy designs are not an artistic rendition of the world according to the lens of the storyteller. It's that this is actually how different the world looked in each of these time periods. So back in the far-off heyday of the Hero of Time, things were a bit more blockier. Things were just a bit more blocky. Whereas in Skyward Sword, everything was very... Uh, poppy and had huge reds and shit all over it which is one of the things that makes me look at this game as a canonical entry with a side eye because it doesn't present a uniform idea of what the series is supposed to look like or a single lens through which to view it it takes everything as it is as if the text revealed everything about the world at the surface level Jumping back into the story. Or another way to read it mm-hmm. is perhaps when Sia takes these monsters from other ages, their form is shaped by what the people who look upon them know of 
their history from the books. So you're saying that they themselves are like unto Galactus? Yes, or Demise. Or Demise, From I whom guess. they are derived. Okay, okay, sure. Demise comes up in this story a little bit. Not a sure lot. Sure does. But a little bit. Jumping back into the story, uh, so uh, Link faces down with Volga and then is defeated. During all of this, um, Zelda's missing. Nobody knows where Zelda is. She retreats. Yeah, she retreats, but then, like, they lose track of her. Right. We'll find that out later. I mean, Link loses to Volga, but also only after beating his ass. Yes. And then he cutscene. <laughs> and then he cutscene loses. Cutscene loses. Then Impa jumps in to save Link. And then, but then Impa also cutscene loses. Yes. And then Link saves Impa from a giant fire blast that Volga breathes out. Because? Because he has the Triforce of Courage. He, he's just got it. He's the Twilight Princess school of special. Good. I'm glad that we decided to come back to that shit. Or maybe he just got it right then and there because he courageously defended himself. <laughs> is that Impa? Is that all that it takes? Saving in one person. 10 million need. years from now, is the rest of Hyrule so ineffective that saving one person is all it takes to prove your courage to the Triforce? He courageously went to the battlefield with no helmet. <laughs> that's that's not wrong that's you, recklessly courageous you know we just did a game where link rescuing all seven sages wasn't actually enough to get him the triforce of courage and they had to give it to him that was in the before times and that was after forging the soul of the hero okay so yeah he has the triforce of courage and Volga's like oh what is this power i don't know if i can handle it bye Yes, he retreats, which is the thing that happens in this game. Yeah, nobody actually dies in Zelda Musou. They just get knocked out and retreat, even in parts of the story where that really doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, King Dodongo appears. Yeah. And you have to go through a whole sequence where you get bombs. Yep. And this is just a distraction. Yeah, but you still kill King Dodongo. Yes. Because a, a wizard has seized the castle while Link and Impa are out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, here is where it becomes clear that Zelda has disappeared. Yeah, she was in the castle when it was captured. Ergo, Zelda must be captive to the enemy wizard. And uh, they don't try to retake the castle or anything. They just become kind of a roving army instead of, like, seizing the castle back. you think you'd seize the castle. You'd think you would try. And you think you'd leave enough troops to to maintain the castle. You'd think. But here we are. That's a very strange strategy. Oh, strategy game. Well, a wizard is in the castle, and he plants his flag on it. And now they can't go inside. And they're like, oh, okay. We'll come back when we've got bigger numbers so that we can overcome the flag. But all you have to do is drag a character icon over there. Maybe your your lord icon. And then press seize. Uh well, you got to kill the guy sitting on the throne first. And he's got one of those, like, Luna tomes, like the old school Luna tomes. And you don't want to fuck with that right now. Now, interestingly, before Zelda goes back to the castle, she says, may the goddesses protect you. That's right. In this version of the story, they actually worship the gods of the Triforce discreetly and also uh, view them as goddesses, which means they're conflating them with Hylia again. Which is doubly interesting because Hylia does not exist in this version of the setting. Oh, she absolutely does. You can play as her. Oh, boy. I am glad you're getting into this now. 
Also, there's a giant statue of her in Skyloft. There is totally that giant fucking statue of her in Skyloft. <laughs> uh, but that's getting into problems with... Okay, we'll get, the canonical treatment of the game will become more and more clear the further in we get. So, at this point, this whole time, Link has been in a, in a recruit's outfit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Impa was uh, thoughtful enough to actually take the hero tunic and scarf from Zelda's room as they left it. Yep. And she's like, you better get dressed. I'm pretty sure you're the hero. Yeah, I saw that Triforce thing you did. So now Link is in his official Hyrule Warriors outfit. Which is his green tunic, but with a long blue scarf with orange trimming. Yes. It looks good. It's. I, I really love this scarf. It's a good fucking scarf. You can get the scarf with the, the limited edition. Yeah, but it wasn't a good version of the scarf. Monica actually knit me this scarf. It's a good scarf. It's a very warm scarf, as it turns out. I made it like 12 feet long. <laughs> yeah. You tried to be... Obnoxiously kind of... long. Yeah. But I mean, like, that's how it is. If anybody wants the pattern, just let Cam know. Yeah, just let me know and I'll direct you to the appropriate Ravelry page. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah, I'll direct you to the appropriate Ravelry page if anyone wants uh, to know how to knit Link's scarf from this game, but as a really warm winter scarf. You'll need to know a double knitting and color work. Okay. That's all. Cool. I, I, there's going to be a certain subset of our listeners who are like, hey, I can do that shit easy. <laughs> Knitting's fun. Knitting is, seems like fun from the outside. I haven't learned how to do it yet. So we get the scarf. Uh-huh. And, and that means that this this particular sequence is over, and it's time to transition into another thing that sets this game apart uh, in terms of structure as compared to the rest of the Legend of Zelda games, which is the narration that comes between chapters. There's a voice narrator. There's a voice narrator. Crystal, how did you react when you when you heard her? They did. They did voice acting in Zelda. They did oh, it voice no. acting. They did the, For the first voice. time. We, we, we have canonical pronunciations of all these names now. Well, not exactly canonical, but, you know, in keeping with the guide that they got from the Japanese. Do you remember how I reacted to this? Oh, you hated it. Was oh, it with screaming? You said, no! The first time you heard the narrator, because you did not like the particular mode of delivery that the narrator uses. I also don't like voices in Zelda. You don't like voices in Zelda. But also the fact that they felt the need to use this delivery method meant that they weren't confident that the story they presented in the cutscenes themselves could properly convey the plot. Also, they probably didn't want to animate all of that. That's true. So, just to summarize what the narrator is saying... Um, the, the great evil was sealed into four fragments. The, the spirit of the evil was sealed into four fragments. Like the, the, the whole thing is that after Ganon always comes back, and this cycle has been going on for a very long time, and at one iteration, the hero took the spirit of pure evil and broke it so as to break the cycle. And three were sealed up Across time and space. Which doesn't make a ton of sense, but fine. Entirely different realms. And one is sealed in the temple. By the Master, by the Master Sword, Sword. Which, always a great idea 
to take the ultimate weapon against evil and use it as the lock so that if something else evil comes along, you better hope you don't need that fucking thing. Now, yeah. couple couple notes here. Okay. One, the spirit of evil is portrayed much like the calamity. That is true. Two, the the three horcruxes are hidden in the adult timeline, yep. the child timeline, and the beginning of the timeline. Yep. And the phrasing of across time and space suggests that this perhaps takes place in the accursed or downfall timeline. That's an interesting way to look at it. Is part of it in the adult timeline? I guess no. Bruto is I would actually out. argue it's not for several reasons. What are those reasons? Well, we can get to it once we talk about traveling to that timeline, right? Okay. Okay. So more clearly, it's in, in Skyward Sword, Sealed Temple. Uh, Death Mountain Death from Mountain. Ocarina of Time. Yep. And... Uh, Hyrule Field from Twilight Princess. Sure, okay. And then later, the Twilight Realm. Isn't one of them in the Water Temple? Oh, Yeah, the Water Temple also. Yeah, that's right, a map. Okay. Cool. I mean, you also get the sealed grounds from Skyward Sword. Anyway, um, and the narrator continues on to say, weeks passed. Weeks passed while they were just wandering around, not ha- taking back the castle. The castle is still lost. Zelda is lost. No um, one knows where she is. Link and Impa hear about a resistance leader in the woods because during all of this monica hasn't written this part down but the monsters are very much taking over hyrule uh-huh that's not an important detail that's at all. not an important detail at all the fact that the monsters are waging this massive simultaneous war on the entire country so link and impa decide to go over to the woods and meet this resistance leader who might be zelda who might it sounds like it might be zelda it's it's a woman yeah and a leader and and yeah how many women leaders aren't zelda not a lot it's not well i can't mm, okay going yeah um so they have to cross the elden caves to get there right and crossing the Elden Caves um, turns out to be dangerous because there are monsters in there. And a Wizro. Wizro named Wizro. What were you saying, Crystal? They're saved by Princess Zelda. <laughs> no, 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 no. They are saved by Sheik. D- they can't recognize their own queen? You mean that no, let's get let's get re- let's get a bit more real into this for a second. Not only can they not recognize their reigning monarch. But Impa cannot recognize the person that she's been taking care of since their childhood. And also, and they're all familiar with Ocarina of Time. They the all know this story, right? Like, so. Sheik is a thing, a historical fact for them. But also, like, Zelda, her hair's, like, barely even different. Yeah. Yeah, and she literally <laughs> put on a mask and yeah. a ninja outfit. And then she claims to be a Sheikah, and Impa's like, I... Hold on, I know Uh, every member of my tribe because there's not too many of us. Empa's like, you realize that we're like a discreet ethnicity, right? And you're not? What is this? Except she doesn't really get into it now for some reason. She's just like, okay, I have no reason to trust that, but I guess you can come along. Also, why is Zelda hiding from the recruit that she really trusts is the hero and... You know, the person who raised her. It's extremely unclear as to why she's wearing this disguise in this version of it. Because it's not like Ganon is out looking for her right now. 
It's not like anyone is out looking for her, because in the context of this story, Zelda doesn't actually matter. Well, she has the Triforce. That's the only capacity in which she matters, and she loses the Triforce very fast and multiple times. (laughs) Um, In fact, but, but, like, they get saved by the Princess Zelda disguised as Sheik in easily the shoddiest version of this disguise that's ever been in any of these games, including Smash Brothers. And... Smash Brothers has a great disguise. Smash Brothers has is a really great version of this disguise. Ask people how many Zeldas there are in Smash Brothers, and they'll probably just say one. They'll always say one. It's like they don't even know. But, <laughs> like... <laughs> but also, the players all know it's Zelda. The players all know that it's Zelda, but the game doesn't really try to do anything with that. But it's also interesting because it feels like the game is trying to present this idea that maybe Impa didn't know that Sheik was Zelda in Ocarina of Time, because this is a parallel that's being drawn through these character interactions. It's illuminating interactions that we never got to see in Ocarina of Time because we were asleep for them. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's it. Um, Wizro sucks. <laughs> Wizro is not very interesting, but here appears my favorite character in Hyrule Warriors. Is it the... Giant bomb chews. Darn it, you looked at my notes. No, I didn't. Oh, crud. No, I just remember because when we were watching um, a recap of this, the bi- giant bomb chews were being escorted through Elden Cave and you just started clapping. Oh. Because giant bomb chews are great. Because I, as I understand it, Muso games often involve sequences where you escort siege engines. And the Zelda series doesn't really have siege engines. So instead of that, they just have bomb chews that are the size of cars. Tanks. Yeah, like the size of tanks. They're very cute. Uh-huh. And stupid. What's Wizrow's deal? Um, Wizrow is like this evil spirit that's controlled through the ring that he wears. And oh. he's being controlled. He, he's, he's the actual necromancer who can raise the dead and do a lot of spooky shit that's attributed to the evil side in this game, but he's still controlled by Sia's magic because she gets hold of his ring. Controlled by the ring, huh? Uh-huh. Is that like a metaphor for a bad marriage? Uh, yeah, we'll go with that. This is like the image of one of those memes where the text at the bottom is just, are the straits okay? What? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, see, Crystal you, got you it. Know, here's, here's my favorite bit of heterosexual humor. Oh, no. The wife is trying out a new dress, and she's like, does this make my butt look big? And then the husband looks at the camera, and it goes, wah, wah. Yeah. That, that's what Wizrow is. That's Wizrow. Yeah, good. Okay, thank you. <laughs> that wah, wah. That's Wizrow. Wow. I feel so much better about this game now. So we get to Farron Woods. Sheik does tell everyone that Zelda's fine. Oh yeah, Zelda's fine. That's, she knows. And Impa's like, how can you possibly know that? And Sheik's like, don't worry about it. So we get to Farron Woods. We get to Farron Woods and it's time to meet the Vocaloid. Uh, no, there's a village under attack. We have to take care of that first. Oh right, the village. The vi- Hold on. No, fuck you. The village in this whole thing is just a bunch of tiny, like, wood forts. There are no people here. And also, the Deku Tree is over there, and the Deku Tree doesn't fucking talk in this game, and also might be dead. Yep. 
But don't worry, he he reappears again and again as a weapon summon. Fuck off. Um, village. We, despite the sidetracking, it's not actually sidetracking because here's here's the leader of the resistance. Here's the actual main character of the game. It's Lana. It's Lana. Um, okay. I just want to say ahead of time that if Koei Tecmo and or Nintendo stole your OC in creating Lana and everything surrounding her, please write into the Book of Medora podcast at gmail.com because I want to hear your story and share it with the world. Lana is just an OC. Lana is... We'll get into it a little bit more later because this becomes a little bit more uh, explicit in the next, like, 20 minutes. But... Lana is kind of the embodiment of what makes this game feel like fan fiction as opposed to a story that stands on its own two feet. So, after they secure the forest, we get another bit of narration. For generations, Hyruleans have told the tale of the war across the ages. So even this, is this game is still set in the past. This is how it begins. Mm-hmm. Deep in the forests, far from mortal eyes, a great sorceress watched over the balance of the Triforce. Through her magic, she could see across ages, able to read the fates of all who lived, but never interfering. So she is the goddess who sits at the edge of time. Uh-huh. That is, until a unique soul caught her attention. The soul of the hero of a legend, eternally reborn when Hyrule's need is greatest. Through her powers, the sorcerer should have seen that the hero is bound to another. Hold on. We gotta put a <laughs> stop right there. I just want to point out that this game is the only game we've ever talked about on this podcast that talks about Z-Link as invariably canonical. Yes. I Monica, want you, you must love this game. Take that into consideration, Crystal, when we talk about the canonicity of this game later. Okay. I'm sorry to interrupt. Please continue. Uh, instead, she had only saw only a soul that was unlike any she had known. And you get a little portrait of Twilight Princess Link in Toon style. Isn't Zelda there and it's the Hyrule Warriors version of Zelda? Sure is. Uh. In Toon style. In Toon style. <laughs> And while the sorceress was preoccupied, a fragment of the darkness, locked in its prison, saw an opportunity. So I guess, was, was this the Master Sword fragment? No, it's not. In fact, it's not any of the four fragments. It's the fifth fragment. There's no fifth fragment. It's like a little bit of the remainder. There was like 4.1. No, not even that. It's just unexplained as to where this particular part of the darkness came I'm from. I'm drawing a conclusion here. I guess you're right. I guess it must be. At, at some, that past link did not do a very good job. The whispering darkness wormed its way into her heart. It pushed the light away and warped her curiosity into a desperate desire to possess the legendary hero's soul. That's an interesting <laughs> way to put it. Yeah, it's a bit heavy. Of course, this evil had its own desires, to use the Triforce to resurrect itself and conquer Hyrule again. Uh-huh. The, Having uh, pushed the light from her heart, the darkness compelled her to open the Gate of Souls, 
the doorway of time itself. Monsters from across the ages poured through the gates, bringing ruin to the land of Hyrule once more. Yep. This is the start. Well, not the start, because I think Sheik already starts doing it. This is where it becomes really clear that this game will go on about the light and darkness. Yeah. Even more than, let's say, Ocarina of Time talks about time, or Twilight Princess talks about light light and shadow. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. It is a lot. But I don't think that's the my big takeaway from this, <laughs> actually. Okay, what's your big take? My big takeaway from this is that they played Skyward Sword and looked at Hylia and said, no, 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 we already have a character that fulfills this role in this story. They also looked at Skyward Sword and determined that Z-Link was eternally canonical. I'm happy for you. <laughs> I'm happy for you that it came out in this game. Uh... So... We agree that Sia, because let's just get past all this shit, Sia is that particular sorceress. Who is oh, you mean the guardian of time? The guardian of ti- the guardian of the Triforce. To- watching over the balance of the Triforce. Watching over the balance of the Triforce, who has power over the Triforce. Hylia. Not Hylia. Sia. Okay. But she fulfills the same role as Hylia from outside of time. Which means that her existence in this story is exclusive with Hylia's existence. Mutually exclusive. Not necessarily. How would you interpret this so that they can both exist in this setting? She's her. She's Hylia. Yeah. Hylia who was reincarnated into Zelda, because that's definitely how this game would read that, right. and is eternally bound to be with the hero romantically is having an identity crisis whereby she can't get with the hero. No, that was inside time. This is outside time. Crystal? <laughs> how, how about this? Hylia's like, I want I want to reincarnate as Zelda, but I can't just give up. You know, this is an important job being outside of time and watching over the Triforce running itself. And then later she like just forgets no, that no, she no, did. No, no, no. No, she assigns somebody else. Like, hi. It's like you nice seem like you. a you seem like a real trustworthy witch type figure. Uh-huh. Okay, and who's so, the goddess of time of Majora's mask? Hylia. That she was already incarnated. That's not a problem for how we view this series. And why is it a problem now? Because this is a different person occupying the same narrative space. Um, I have had years to think about this ignorant bullshit. Before this narration started, um, somewhere after you beat the troops away from setting the Deku Tree on fire, um, we do and Goma, we do see um, mysterious uh, resistance leader Lana throw some longing links. Looks at Link. Yeah, she's like, "Oh, he's so dreamy. Oh, he's so cool, though." And there's a question about how she learned magic, even though most people in the setting know magic yeah it's like where did you learn your magic that's ridiculous it's like well you you can summon giant fire swords whenever you feel like impel what are you grilling me for um and she lana clarifies that she's of the same tribe as the witch behind all of this yes um i forget where i was going to go with this this whole thing throws it but this is like one of the things it's like this is they they figured out where they wanted to take their original character to hinge the story around and they put them in the spot where Hylia would have been uh-huh good 
This will come up in the canonicity discussion. So it's time to tromp on over to the Valley of Seers. The Valley of Seers, which I guess is where Sia used to hang out. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Crystal, you were talking about how her romantic desires allowed the darkness to worm its way into her heart, right? Uh-huh. And it turned her skin like three shades darker. <laughs> sure did. And it like gave her a really aggressive push-up bra. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just wanted to put that there where if you like boys in a way that is not appropriately pure, then you turn evil and your skin gets darker. Mm-hmm. That's this game. Yep. Leave this pause in here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we go to the Valley of the Seers to go after the sorceress, right? That's what this is. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And Sia has the Triforce of Power. She has the Triforce of Power. I wrote that down and I'm like, wait a second. She just has the Triforce of Power? She just has the Triforce of she Power. She has the Triforce of Power because she is the guardian of the Triforce. The- of Power. <laughs> Why did it split? It didn't. It didn't split. Because in this version of the setting, as they outline a little bit later, the Triforce of Wisdom is the birthright of the Hyrulean royal family. And the Triforce of Courage is always tied to the person who has the soul of the hero. So from the instant Link dies and the next Link is born, that baby has the Triforce of Courage. I want a game with baby Link. Oh. <laughs> okay, no. <laughs> um... Okay, so Sia's got the Triforce of Courage, uh, power, and she's controlling all these monsters. She's not actually using the Triforce of Power, though. No. She never does. In fact, this comes up later, where she could use the Triforce of Power for certain things, but chooses not to. There's a lot of that. You fight through the level, you get to fight Manhandla. Yeah, Manhandla. Who we haven't seen since... Zelda 1? Four Swords Adventures? Oh. Four Swords? Yeah. One of those. And when you get to the final area, there is a mysterious seal on the ground. Uh, to be a, careful. A giant seal. But they step on the seal, and it's a magic seal trap. And Lana sees it coming. She's the only character who recognizes it for what of it is, and she jumps out of the seal. And Zelda and Link are like, what? You mean and, Sheik? Yeah, sh- sure, Sheik. Sheik and Link are trapped. And and Impa are all trapped in the seal and they like can't move or something. And then the Triforce of Courage flies out of Link and the Triforce of Wisdom flies out of Sheik. And man, it's really a shame for Ganondorf that he never learned this particular spell, huh? Didn't just draw his big anime fighter sigil on the floor of the Temple of Time. And the the Triforces fly over to Sia. Sia. The, the evil witch with a mask. Yeah, the evil... Masked Witch, um, who is, like, her whole character is that she's horny for Link. And that's it. Um, and I, I suppose Sia uses the Triforce to open rifts to the other, to the other games. Well, she, she gets the entire Triforce at this point, right? And she doesn't just, like, open rifts through she the- She connects di- the world. She, like, pulls all the worlds together. Why does she do this? The reason that she does this is because the goal is not, for some reason, actually to possess the Triforce. It is to unleash the spirit of evil. Why she's trying to unleash the spirit of evil is never exactly clear. It's not like Ganon is tricking her into this. Is she being mind-controlled? She is not. She is explicitly not being mind-controlled. She just feels that 
resurrecting the spirit of evil will somehow help her in her stated goal to possess the soul of the hero in a way that having the entire Triforce will not. Just so our listeners know, the antagonist for this section of the game has the entire Triforce, the engine of creation which can rewrite the reality that underlines worlds on a whim. And you still fight against her and it's meaningful and you can hit her with sticks and it's fine. So Fuck. this explains how the timelines became merged. Does it? I wish I could take a picture of Cam's face. Crystal and send it to Why you. don't you explain what you mean, Crystal? Well, she used the Triforce to to make to make the worlds come together. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Even allowing for the problems with the versions of these versions of the world, let's be clear for our listeners. The way that this manifests is that Sia makes a wish on the Triforce. And the Death Mountain from Ocarina of Time appears in, like, the northeast. And Skyloft appears in the sky. And a big section of Hyrule Field turns into Hyrule Field from the Twilight Princess era, which is a historical fact in Hyrule Warriors. And all of these different eras are known to these people. The era of the Hero of Time, the era of the Hero of Twilight, the era of the Hero of the Sky... So we're already at a point where the base level of understanding of this setting comes from a version that takes all these different timelines and still knows about them academically. So if we accept that the timelines are merged in this game, and it's not very clear that that's true, they had to have been merged well enough for that fact to have been studied before Sia made her wish on the Triforce. Ah, that's a good point. And even more than that, Sia... Has the Triforce. She could just wish for Ganon's resurrection if she wanted. Sure, she could just wish for Ganon's resurrection, or she could wish to possess Link's soul or whatever the fuck. But the Triforce... Possess Link's soul is such a ham-fisted way to put it. I don't know what to tell you, but... She wants his body. Yeah, she does want that hot Link body. Ah, God, I'm trying to reel it in a little bit here, and it's very difficult. Hey, so am I. Um, so... She has the Triforce, but the Triforce isn't actually the goal here. The Triforce in this game actually doesn't do a lot, except for change the shape of the world. Which is a lot, but it doesn't... No individual piece of the Triforce actually does anything, and all the pieces brought together only seem to be able to, like, change the background. They have no power over the persons in it. Come on, Cam, we saw the Triforce of Courage stop a fire blast. Okay. (laughs) Sure. Anyway, um, she makes a wish on the Triforce, but the Triforce isn't the real thing. She wants to um, release the spirit of evil for reasons that are literally never explained. Okay, so they're... Mm-hmm. The yeah. fragments of Ganondorf go, like, inside Sia. Um, well, are they are they already broken here? Like, is, is the seal on them broken? Yeah. Three of them. Oh, okay, they just bust. That, this is leading to me thinking that she's mind-controlled, at yeah, least partially. That implies to me that the, the darkness is within her. Oh, it's absolutely inside of her. But she still has her own will throughout all of this. She has her own goals. At the, least partially. The question is, how does resurrecting Ganon serve her own goals? She's being mind-controlled. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a zombie kind of mind-control. It can be just the kind of subtle influence. If it's a subtle influence, then why does the later sequence turn out the way that it does? Love. Okay. Fine. 
you you brought out the one anime argument I don't have a good answer for. So Sheik and uh, Impa are and Link. Oh, sorry. Yeah, the party splits. This party fucking splits here. Yeah, Sheik, Sheik and Impa are heading out to Ocarina Death Mountain. Ocarina Death Mountain, a version of Ocarina Death Mountain that never existed. And Impa starts talking to Sheik like, "Listen, you don't speak our language very well." And you don't seem to know much about our customs. You don't have any of the uh, physical markers that would identify you as a member of our ethnicity. Your eyes are the leader of the tribe, and I've never heard of you. Like what? What is all of this? She actually asked, like, who is the leader? Is is kind of borderline racist. (laughs) This is actually big racism. It would be different if, like, I had given this disguise to you as a way to preserve your life from somebody who was hunting you, or if you grew up being trained by me and naturally took that on as a means of study. But this is like you're just kind of like appropriating everything about my people without any learning whatsoever or in like it's yeah it's big racism it's it's over the line racist yeah this is uh, this is a bit much and you call yourself chic chic (laughs) of the shika yeah fuck chic the shika it's like fucking here chic the shika in the brand new punch out game returning alongside such fan favorites as pizza pasta (laughs) god pizza pasta was a real character in the arcade punch out imagine if like super mario had a conversation with zelda dressed as pizza pasta (laughs) yeah <laughs> yeah, it's I'm, just this I'm one Italian. This one low this one racist Italian stereotype Fettuccine. having Yeah, having an <laughs> argument with a really racist Italian stereotype. <laughs> Mario's over here like it's a me and fucking pizza pasta over there having arguments about whether or not the mob should enforce his will on the people around him. No, no. They just talk. They oh okay. About pasta. Yeah, they just say pasta names. God. This oh. is the part where I noted like it, it, they never back when Hyrule Warriors was announced and it was like a crossover of the worlds and so on. I really thought like the different Links and Zeldas would interact. Wouldn't that have been so fucking cool? But no. Um, in these versions of Ocarina of Time, Twilight Princess, and Skyward Sword, Link and Zelda do not fucking exist. They're missing. They're straight missing, even though that doesn't make a lot of sense for the... They, they don't exist in the game, but they exist in the... They know about the Hero of Time. They know of these people, but nobody from the current era ever goes, Hey, we should go find the Hero of Time. He'd probably be useful to have on the team. Or the princess who did that thing where she disguised herself as Sheik. Oh! Anyway, um, Zelda in Hyrule Warriors needs to step back for a minute and unpack her shit. A little bit. A little bit. Uh, uh, okay, now we need to, um, in the middle of this argument, what saves Sheik from having to explain how racist she is, is um, something that I don't think the game gave nearly enough weight to. It's Navi the fairy. Fucking Navi is here! Hmm. In the hmm. adult timeline. Or is it? It's not the adult timeline. It can't be the adult timeline. Then why is that? We'll get into that. We will. I promise. It'll only take like five more minutes. Navi's here, and she's like, help, help, Princess Ruto is in trouble. Why would Navi know, really? But um, she's 
Rudo is being uh, imprisoned by Darunia, who is being controlled, Navi says, by somebody named Zelda. Somebody. Somebody. Whoever heard of a Zelda? Navi doesn't know who Zelda is. Well, I the, the most generous interpretation I have is that there's many people named Zelda, just like many people are named Elizabeth or whatever. Well, <laughs> no, so, no that, a, a, a I don't person think... named Zelda after the perennial princess and monarch of our kingdom. I don't think that that's a very cogent reading. Okay, Cameron, if, if you were in London and someone ran up to you and was like, the, my friend's been kidnapped by someone named Elizabeth... Would you assume the queen? Um, I need to point out here that Impa does. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thanks. I'm just just putting that on the table where all three of us can see it. Impa absolutely assumes that she's talking about the Princess Zelda. From and like her, her Princess Zelda. Her Princess Not Zelda. Not even like from, Ocarina of Time Zelda. Yeah, because Ocarina of Time Zelda doesn't exist in this version of the story. She's not a historical figure. Somehow. There can only be one. There can only be one. Some Okay, so like we, we've got that down. That is what I would call a canonical problem. Navi doesn't know who Zelda is, and Navi's lack of knowledge with regards to who Zelda is is congruous with the way that Impa immediately assumes that it's referring to the Zelda from Hyrule Warriors. So that is just what I'd call a timeline problem. A canonicity problem. But that isn't where that stops with this sequence. Darunia and Ruto are both the adult versions of these characters, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Ganondorf does not rule Hyrule in this version of the setting. Right. Which means that if this is on the adult timeline, it has to take place after Ocarina of Time. But there's a problem there. The sages are all dead in the adult timeline. That's true. That is true. Well... So this is the child timeline. Uh-huh. Oh, really? Navi Navi got a different mission assignment. Guard Ruto. <laughs> well, no, because Navi For flew away with her memory. Well, maybe without her memories. I would say that she had her memories. That seems like the thing that happened. You, maybe her mind got wiped and that's why she flew away. It's like, oh, where am I? Who's this guy? Oh, that from? I'm out of here. Uh, mm, we're having to do some real bandaging to make this suddenly work with the way that Ocarina of Time ended. But I'd say that this cannot be a version of the era of the Hero of Time that works with the canonical reading of Ocarina of Time. This must be after the war that sealed Ganondorf. Can we also mention that in this sequence you beat up like 2,000 Gorns? You knock out a lot of fucking Gorons. And they're so sweet looking. And they're just like, we have to protect Big Brother. <laughs> Nobody's going to bully us. Not anymore. And just, you're bullying the shit out of them. Just knocking them out by the score. See, this is actually a lot easier if it's all in the child timeline. You see, that does sound like it makes sense. Except that that presents one last problem. There is no era of the hero of time in the child timeline. Because Link is utterly unknown in the child timeline. Hmm. There is no hero of time. Full stop in the child timeline. Just something to consider. Moving on, we save Ruto. Darunio is like, ah, sorry, I was being mind controlled by Zelda. Ah. And then Ruto's like, hey. I'll join you. Uh, something bad going on over at the water temple. 
It's being, there's lots of monsters pouring out of a portal inside of it, and they're being led by somebody named Zelda. Who knows who that is? Time to go over to the Water Temple. Ruto, the princess and possibly reigning monarch of the Zora in this version of the setting, to say nothing of Darunia, don't know who Zelda is. Uh-huh. That's it. There's nothing, I, I haven't got more, That I just wanted to point that out. There's a lot of not knowing who Zelda is. So you... Impa and Sheik rush over to to the water temple and hear the, the fake Zelda speaks and it's like, Hyrulean army, get lost or whatever. Yeah. Which demoralizes your army. Yeah. And you have to re-moralize them by something. Insisting she's fake. Yeah, yeah something like that. Um, you run into the room where the f- Zelda is and she summons her light sword. Yeah, it's pretty. It's the sword from the Twilight Princess, Sarah Bai. She's gonna use the sword. I really like Zelda's attacks in this game. Oh, the move sets in this game are spectacular. I love them. Hmm, Crystal, you might not have, got, have gotten to see this, but she actually gets one of these because each of the characters get a big attack move. Well, they get several. Several, but one of them that she, uh, Zelda has in this game is she can draw like a triangle on the ground, much like puppet zelda in twilight princess and, and like the light flares up and kills like a bunch of guys anyone yeah. who's near to her it's a great uh screen clearing move one of her best combo enders and generally speaking there's a lot of love put into the move sets of this game it's very cool for the move sets alone the zelda move, only... moves so sets well, yeah what what Move, move move set sounds like moose sets muso sets moose, mo- yeah the muso sets Moosets. Um, Sheik is very confident that this Zelda is fake. Yeah. And <laughs> she she raises a, a magic mirror. That she has. And it reveals Zelda to be Wizro. It's Wizro. What a twist. And Wizro's like, how did you know? How could you possibly know that I wasn't Zelda? And then Sheik does a fucking <laughs> Maho Shoujo fucking extreme high-speed spin with light coming off of her and when the light fades it's zelda and you can't be zelda because i am zelda yeah 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 and impa's like what the degree to which impa is surprised by this revelation is severe anyway you beat up wizro again and i i suppose you close the portal you close the this particular version of the gate of souls Time to go over. I think that we missed out on the little sequence where everybody goes through. No, no, that doesn't fucking matter. Like, when Sia makes the wish to transform Hyrule, there's like this big wave of transformative magic that Lana's power protects them from. Mm. And then after that, they split up. Maybe uh, part of Sia's wish is to erase Zelda. It didn't work out too fucking well, did it? Well, because Lana protected her. Oh, I see. Is that why there's no other version of Zelda? Yeah, no, there's no other Zeldas. Why are there no other Links? Time compression. Why wouldn't you want your boy toy harem, Crystal? <laughs> she put them all into one Link. Time compression. This is the composite Link. Yes. Oh. <laughs> no, that, that's why heroes mysteriously disappear, is because they all go to the next Link. Crystal? No. We're not going to be making up this shit on behalf of a game that isn't trying hard enough. It doesn't deserve it. Why Why was Zelda hiding from Impa? 
I, 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 well, well, because even though they have these slight sequences together, they are never truly alone. There's like a thousand troops. Why does that matter? Any one of them could be the enemy. You beat up like a thousand enemies every time you turn around. Any one of them could be a big enemy. Why is it safe to reveal herself when she reveals who Wizro is then? So she really needs to explain how she knew Zelda was the real Zelda. No, she didn't. She didn't need to explain that at all, actually. The fact that she revealed it was Rizro was enough. It would be really funny if she just went through the entire rest of the game as Sheik. The only reason that they did this at all was to retread that bit from Ocarina of Time. That's the only fucking reason. Uh-huh. It doesn't work in the narrative, but they did it anyway. I'm going to upset so many of our goddamn listeners. I swear to God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everyone. Over to Lana, who has gone over to Twilight Princess Land. Yeah, Twilight Princess Land. The The land is covered in Twilight. Uh, Lana saves a, a villager, as it was described, yes, in a, trouble. Yes, a villager who was being attacked. And surprise, it's Agatha. It's Agatha. Princess Agatha of the Bug Castle. And do you remember Agatha from Twilight Princess? Koei Tecmo did. Yeah, Agatha. The queen of the insects? Yes. Uh Who was preparing all the insects for her party. Her giant ball. Her big insect ball. And Agatha is the um, other character from Twilight Princess who's playable in this game. uh, For any of our listeners who aren't familiar with it. Which, fair, I guess. Uh, Twilight Princess didn't have that many super memorable characters in it. Except for all of the ones. It's fine. Ashe? Ashe. Yeah, she she would have been my pick. But, you know, Agatha gives them that sort of gothic Lolita vibe that they were trying to go for. And I can respect that, I guess. She does lend a certain variety to the cast. But also, wow, they could not have gone in harder on picking a non-combatant. Agatha gives Lana a goddess butterfly, which... It, it doesn't exist in Twilight Princess world. That's Skyward Sword. Skyward Sword, though they are also visibly the same butterflies who are in Ocarina of Time. The, the ones that will alight on a Deku stick and turn into fairies. Those are yellow. Are they yellow? Uh-huh. Aren't they blue? Yellow. Shit! Are you serious? Goddess butterflies from Skyward Sword. Okay. That will lead you to wherever you want to go, and they want to go into the Twilight, even though that shouldn't be very difficult to find the Twilight. No, it wouldn't. You would think, right? Um... Uh, Lana is attacked by Midna, who is in imp form. Okay. Um, we need to put down here that um, Binda is leading these monsters. Uh-huh. And when she takes the goddess butterfly, uh, she asks it to lead her to that ugly witch. And um, Because women can only identify each other in terms of beauty. Yeah, I guess so. Um and if you like someone that makes a dislike someone that makes them inherently ugly. But the other thing is that after you do the chasing down and you fight Midna and like you actually have a conversation, it's like, give back the butterfly, please. And she's like, fine, I guess you can have it. Wait, aren't you guys with that witch? And Lana's like, no, actually, we're trying to find her. And Midna's like, you really could have said that before all this fighting shit happened. Because, you see, the reason that I am in this imp form is because the witch cursed me to be. Crystal, where does this segment take place in the Twilight Princess timeline? 
Well, Cameron, it probably takes place after the events of Twilight Princess when Minna is pulled out of the Twilight Realm by Sia and cursed back into her impish form. Oh, is that what you think? <laughs> okay, then I have another question for you. Who is the enemy of the next mission? The enemy of the next mission? Yes. I don't remember. The enemy general is Zant. Ah, uh, it sure is. sure is Zant. Hmm. I would place it if we must place it before the events of Twilight Princess. But that's not possible either. Why not? Because Zant is given his magical powers by his pact with the dark god. Uh, Sia. Sia is his dark god. Uh Uh-huh. Even though he recognizes Ganondorf later as his dark god. Sure. No. No, 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 no. the timeline, they will. Uh, It's... mm? I don't know! Maybe she just resurrected Zant. But he he never says anything like that. Like, everything that he says indicates that this is the same Zant that appears during some point in Twilight Princess, except that he hasn't done any of the things that he did. He's just that guy. It is the character utterly removed from the context in which he existed, narratively speaking. Also, why did Sia curse Midna? Why did Sia curse Midna? And why did Midna grab only one piece of the fused shadow before running out and getting ready to fight? She did grab a shadow wolf, though, because you can't ride any other sort of wolf hero. You can't ride any other sort of thing. She, yeah, she can actually, like, conjure up wolves made from Twilight that look exactly like Wolf Link from Twilight Princess, which implies that she knows who Wolf Link is, or else that this is the image of the Divine Beast. Okay, may- maybe maybe we're overthinking this. Oh, uh, on this podcast... <laughs> Maybe what's maybe what's actually happening is she's not actually pulling the actual people. She's oh. pulling. She's creating simulacrums of them based on her knowledge of of history. That's your alternative to thinking about it too much. <laughs> well, yeah. If you th- if you think about it, it, obviously doesn't make any sense for all the reasons you have outlined. Okay. But if we're if we're literalizing this as as a child's uh, fan fiction. The, yeah. These are these are her simulacrums of these historical figures. Okay, okay. I think I almost I'm almost ready to have a canonical reading of this game based on what you just said. We can leave it to the end, though. I okay. I guess so. But I I think you're on to something here, Crystal. Anyway, anyway. Do you want to get to it right now? No. Okay. So. The team heads off to the Palace of Twilight in the Twilight. Which is in the Twilight Realm. You can just go there. Zant is leading the army. Yep, you have to beat up Zant. You have to beat up Argorok. Argorok, the boss of the uh, city in the sky from Twilight Princess. You have to pull him to the ground using the hookshot and then beat up his face. Monica didn't take any real notes on the actual fights that you have because that's not the part of the story that interests her, which is a problem in a Musou game. The fights aren't very interesting. Shut up. Um, you end up in a room with Sia, who's oh. still in her mask. He, she's Yeah, she's still in her mask. Sia, who, by the way, has the entire Triforce in this sequence. Yes, full Triforce. Tr- full Triforce reigning godhead of the universe, Sia. And Midna's like, you, you're the one who cursed me to look like this. And Midna just straight up hauls back and punches Sia in the fucking face. With her, with her magical fist. With her, her with her hair fist. fist. Not yes. her little tiny imp hand. No, the big fist. The same one that she used to kill Zant. And Sia's 
mask flies off all anime like and like see sia gets the holy living shit knocked out of her by this this is a wound that she takes that carries over into the next story sequence featuring her and oh my goodness lana and sia have the same face although it's kind of hard to tell i have face blindness like semi face blindness well i mean like they do have the exact same model, but the way that faces are portrayed in this game, you could argue that they have very similar faces to a lot of characters. Yeah, and Sia is three shades darker and has different hair. Which makes her into a completely different character in the language of this game. Yeah. And the visual language. This makes sense if you consider it as, oh, you know, Sia doesn't want to make it too easy for herself. That's not fun. That's not a good story. There has to be some conflict, even in your self-insert fan fiction. <laughs> yeah, I, that, mm, yeah, you're, I, you're, I would say in your self-insert fan fiction, where you are a heavy Z-Link shipper, you you explain your your longing for Link as this, you know, thing that leads you temporarily astray, and you know it's wrong, but it, it exists, and it, it 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 ends up reasserting the righteousness, right? But there's a good side of, of you. Who ships is the like? <laughs> that is why Ganon is destined to lose because the godhead of this world, Sia, who remakes the world using the engine of creation, secretly she wants to lose. There's one problem with that interpretation as a strictly literal reading of the text, but it hasn't happened yet, so we'll get into it when it does. Oh boy. This game, though. Um, Lana. I guess she explains it later yeah, to Lana, everybody, but no, she, she explains she's the same person. Yeah, she explains it here first. She explains to Midna that the reason they look the same is because they are the same. <gasps> <gasps> Transition to Link. Transition to Link, who is often Skyloft. Hey, hey, Crystal, what part of Skyward Sword does this take place in? What do you mean? When on the timeline does this sequence take place? It doesn't matter. She's just grabbing from her historical knowledge of Skyloft. Okay, so we've abandoned the idea that these are actual locations. Well, yeah, if either, it wouldn't make any sense that way. <laughs> but does that mean that the... How is it that the hero who defeated the evil and bound its soul into four different chests placed those chests into Sia's understanding of the history rather than into actual places? No, she, she the, the, those were into actual places, and she actually took those. What? She took those, and then she used the Triforce to to summon simulacrums of these places. Maybe but she did actually when... take them, the fragments she of evil. She, she, she took the actual fragments in the chest, and instead of bringing them to her directly... Well, she actually did bring them to her directly, because all the things just shatter. Right. But then she creates these simulacrums of these locations where she anchors the gates of souls that monsters are pouring out of and that all of these characters come jumping out of. And what? Right, you have to understand there's no limit to her power because she has the full Triforce. If there's no limit to her power, why doesn't she just actually do the thing? Because she wants to make it a good story. Well, how about this? Maybe back when that hero sealed the evil into four... He actually went over to Sia and was like, hey, can you open portals? And then she opens, you know, simulacrum worlds where this stuff is sealed. That seems like a real security hazard. 
Uh-huh. If she did it, she wouldn't need the Triforce to get them out. Well, you don't expect that she would, you know, lust after the soul of the hero. No, what I'm saying is, if she's the one responsible for putting them away in the first place, and it was her magic that allowed it to happen, why does she need the Triforce to open the chests? No, somebody else made the seal. What? <laughs> Maybe she just ate the key. She just ate the key. It was the kind of lock where you can't unlock it. Yeah, because those exist in Zelda. Okay, fine. <laughs> Do we want to talk about the best cutscene of the game? Oh, which one is that? It's after you meet the Great Fairy in this in the Skyward Sword section. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but first, can we talk about Fi? Okay, let's talk about Fi. Uh, she's canonically referred to as Fi in this version, but because we aren't taking this game as canonical, we will continue to pronounce her name in different ways over the course of this episode. She's in the goddess sword. She's in the goddess sword, which is sitting in underneath the uh, statue of Hylia, except that she's awake, and she recognizes Link not as her Link, but as a different Link, which means she knows who her master is supposed to be because it's a single person. You are not my master, but you are a master. And it's like, okay, this makes sense from a metatextual perspective, kind of, but at the same time, who are you, and what knowledge base are you operating off of? This plainly has to take place before Skyward Sword, except the Skyloft is guarded by a bunch of armed knights and there are no birds anywhere. Yeah, there's a Skyloft captain. There's a Skyloft captain. Who is attempting to carry some soup over to Levius. Yes. But it's heavy. It's heavy. Oh. <laughs> so, Crystal, please explain the best cutscene in the game. So, a bunch of fairies lift up a big fishing rod to carry the the pumpkin soup that's held in a big pumpkin bowl and they they hang it over the sky where levius is flying and he flies towards the pumpkin and opens his big mouth and jumps into the air to eat it and the revitalizing energy of the delicious pumpkin soup gives him the power to shoot a bunch of lightning at volga Volga had big buffs in this battle, which made him too dangerous to confront directly. So it took a little bit of divine intervention. And after Levius blasts his ass to Kingdom Come with lightning, Volga's like, what? How? Why would you even? As if he's offended at Levius specifically. And Levius specifically says, here's your bit of divine intervention. I'm tired. I'm going back to bed. So who was that, Crystal, in this version? Was that a simulacrum? Of Levius, who just blasted the fuck out of Volga? Yes, of course. Oh. Boy, Volga, for being mind-controlled by Sia into doing her bidding, is really getting a raw end of the deal here. Sure is. Uh, the portal is actually in the sealed grounds. You gotta go to the second dungeon sequence. They don't explain how you get to the sealed grounds. I suppose everybody dives off Skyloft. There are no openings in the cloud cover. Not if it's before Skyward Sword. It's not before Skyward Sword. No? No. Be because it's a simulacrum? Right. This is something that you're really enjoying as an explanation, and I'm going to start rejecting it if you keep defaulting <laughs> to it, because it's it's undercutting any other discussions. Um, Girahim is the general here. Girahim is the general here. Uh, guess what the big monster he summons is. This wasn't covered in the video. So you may not know this crystal, but Girahim has a trap set for our heroes. And after a certain amount of time, and after you've completed a certain number of objectives, the imprisoned breaks free. 
Oh, the imprisoned. But that doesn't make any sense, considering the events of Skyward Sword. No, it doesn't, considering the events of Skyward Sword. Or considering the events of anything. Because Impa's not present in this version of the sealed grounds either. And nobody actually reseals the imprisoned. You just beat it up. You beat it up so hard, it dies. It just goes back into its hole. Dun, 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 dun. Um, oh, Link uses a Skyward Strike to seal the gate. Oh, yes. Link does actually use a Skyward Strike without having the Goddess Sword or the Master Sword. Well, the Goddess Sword is over there doing her thing. Yeah, the Goddess Sword is running around and she's like, raise your sword skyward and use the gathered energy to seal the gate. And he does. Using a simulacrum of the Skyward Strike. Right. And the party reunites and Zelda's like, hey, sorry, I was hiding from our enemies. Should we call it here? Oh, no. Are yes. we are we short of time? I mean, there there's quite a bit left in this video. Yes. Oh, man, I cannot believe we're putting more than one one episode into Hyrule Warriors. This is a good place to cut it because all, all the heroes of the various eras have reunited. Well, except that there are no heroes. All of the supporting characters of the various <laughs> timelines have reunited. And Agatha. And, and Agatha. Agatha also. The Queen of Insects. The Queen of Insects is here to save the day with her big insect summons. Okay, so we're going to leave off at the point at which they close off all three of the Gates of Souls and prevent monsters from pouring out into the three different eras. Maybe these are just Sia's favorite characters from those eras. You know what? I think that's probably true. I think that's probably true, but we're getting harder and harder into a reading of the setting where it's difficult to reconcile the idea. Like, we've gone so hard into the idea that this shit isn't canon that we've had to, like, build a whole framework supporting the idea that it could be. Right, it's canonically not canon. Okay, yeah, it's canonically not canon. This will not... I'm. Is this... When you tag this episode on audioentropy.com, are you going to tag it as canonical? I, you know what? I, I, it can always be changed afterwards. Oh so no! I will tag it under a uh, question tag. Okay, and we'll have a discussion about its timeline placement after the credits roll. Yes. Okay. The Triforce is so useless in this game. It seems pretty useful. It's okay. Um, I guess it, the, the the worst cases of this come up in the latter half of the game. I guess so. We'll, we'll come back to that. Do you have Do you have any questions? Um, we do actually have some questions in the uh, Book of Medora question document. We actually got in a correction. Yay! Oh, from Mothy at Mothrex. I'll just read that now. Harry Potter lore correction: Your soul doesn't actually go into a painting when you die. When Sirius dies, Harry is desperately trying to figure out a way he could come back like paintings or ghosts, but he gets told, nah, those are just photocopies, your godfather is fucking dead. Wait, wait what? They're photocopies? Yeah, basically photocopies. That's even... so that you, there are going to be two of you. Except that they don't have a soul, and they can't, like, have new experiences. But they have the knowledge and memories of the person. Or maybe they don't. They explicitly do. And Dumbledore's painting does. Okay, well, in that case, I guess Rowling is making a statement about 
humanity as being tied to a soul rather than being tied to experience and emotion. Also, there's ghosts. Yeah, and uh, ghosts are also specifically addressed in this correction. Paintings or ghosts, but he gets told, nah, your godfather's just fucking dead, and those would only be photocopies. Not really him, even if the act of talking to them would be indistinguishable from talking to Sirius. See, the way I remember that line was, you can become a painting or a ghost, or you can choose to continue to the next world. And that's what Sirius did. Well, this correction seems to run counter to that idea, but... It's possible that you may be able to find something to support it in your reading of it in the future. I can't participate in this lore correction. I have not read Harry Potter in so long that I can't really participate either. I guess they're saying that there's no continuity of consciousness with paintings. Next. I actually had a conversation with Oh, one no, no, here. Reading from the Harry Potter wiki. Oh, oh boy. The afterlife in the wizarding world appears to be heavily influenced by the state of an individual's soul. If your soul is not whole and damaged, this will affect your ability to go on. For example, with the destruction of all of Lord Voldemort's horcruxes, his broken and mangled soul was forced to exist in the stunted in limbo. He had violated the laws of nature and was forced to pay the consequences. A ghost is someone who chose to remain in the world of the living after death, mostly due to fear of the unknown. A ghost is then forced to stay on the physical pain as imprints left by their souls. So what's your read of that? He Sirius didn't want to be a ghost because it hurts, apparently. Oh. Nothing about paintings, though? I'm not seeing paintings. Portrait person. Hmm. Oh, the headmaster can teach their portrait to act and speak like them so that they can teach their successors. So it's not Dumbledore himself, but it's someone who Dumbledore taught how to be Dumbledore. It's a machine learning JPEG. Yes. <laughs> okay. So are you going to mark that correction down as substantiated? Uh, well, it's, it's certainly a painting would not be enough. Certainly your soul does not go into the painting. So yes. Okay. Because you're the actual arbiter of whether or not this works. Of the three of us, you are the HP expert. But Sirius could have come back as a ghost. He just chose not to. Okay. Kind of a dick move, Sirius. I also had a bit of a conversation with one uh, Dan, a.k.a. Ansem Ebooks, a.k.a. The Weed Lord Vegeta, uh, regarding why everything explodes in Link's hands in Breath of the Wild. And this is a short exchange that we had um, after I made a tweet about how if you read the weapons that you get from Amiibo as existing canonically, like Crystal does, then every weapon in the series is like weapons in Breath of the Wild. It's just that Breath of the Wild Link is the only one strong enough to break them through use. And I'll just read the short exchange that we had. Weedlord writes, Do we ever actually textually see a blacksmith in Breath of the Wild? You have those ready-made guardian weapons, but in Wind Waker we see Orca actually tending to his blade. Is it possible that people just forgot how to sword during the fall of Hyrule? And I responded, We actually do see three blacksmiths and one bowsmith over the course of the game. They're the ones who can remake the champion weapons. No Hylian smiths, though. Hylian weapons straight up aren't being made anymore, so they might have forgotten how to sword. And Weedlord responds, 
What if they're mages, referring to the blacksmiths who make the champion weapons? They're only able to work with divine weapons, so it's feasible that blacksmithing is just the magical art of working with enchanted weapons. Huh. What do we think about the state of smithing in the Breath of the Wild version of Hyrule? They should make... They didn't know how to make the swords as good. They just didn't? No. So that's why every weapon you pick up is like 100 years old? Did I say that the, the amiibo weapons were canonically those weapons? Uh, well, you said that all the items existed in canon. Yeah, I don't think those are those weapons. They are simulacrums. <laughs> or rather, but- a modern blacksmith. Re- it's like in those videos where a blacksmith makes the, the buster sword from Final Fantasy. Crystal, you have said in the past that the Majora's Mask item is actually Majora's Mask with all the evil emptied out of it. That's true, it is. So why would the weapons be any different? Well, they break. So? Link breaks everything. Maybe that Majora's Mask isn't a real one. Oh yeah? But you've also said that you think that those outfits are canonically the same outfits. Well, yeah, obviously you can make an outfit. No, the same outfits worn by the heroes in question. Oh, that wouldn't even be possible as they have uh, different bodies. Mm. I don't think Breath of the Wild Link could fit into the Hero of Winds clothing. So you think that somebody made... Okay, um, in that case, are we just abandoning the idea that the amiibo weapons are canonical? I think they are the YouTube blacksmith recreations. Who's doing it then? It's one of the blacksmiths that you mentioned how there's a problem with that reading because one they're not being made by the champion smiths two you get them through using the amiibo rune they are dropped down to you from heaven literally after you use an amiibo after you use an amiibo yeah the amiibo summons them from from where from inside of its own magic so the amiibo is the fake blacksmith yeah, it's more like, you know, how in Animal Crossing every item is represented by a leaf. Okay. Um Isn't that Tanuki magic? Yeah. It's like what it's like what an amiibo is. You know how if you use the Zelda amiibo from Smash Brothers, you can get the bow of light from Twilight Princess? Sure can. And it's actually the bow of light and yeah. that its arrows are launched out as bows as arrows of light that have no like curve at all and they can fire for like 20 miles hmm you can use that to defeat ganon you can actually defeat ganon with it that seems to be very functional yes it has been blessed with helia's magic certainly seems that way so if it's functionally identical why isn't it the genuine article i guess that one is if it's if that one is why aren't the others does that one break it sure does hmm Link shatters it in his hands after, I think, a hundred uses, which is very high for a bow in that But then can he summon it again? Yes, absolutely. Oh, well, there it is. It doesn't break, he just runs out of the summoning magic. (laughs) The game does tell you that it breaks, though. Right, it uses the mechanics to represent Link running out of summoning magic. I see. You don't think that it could just be like he's drawing them through time, and he just keeps drawing from that same instance when they exist. You just you said can... what I said. Well, wait. No, 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 no. I mean, like, you break it, but then you draw the same one again. Oh, that... 
Okay. Like, you have an infinite well to draw upon, but they do break. You just keep... Okay. Yeah, you just keep getting them. I mean... Keep in mind, I would be all for the argument that that's not canonical, that that's not a real thing that happens in the story of Breath of the Wild, and that's fine. I'm not offended by that. Wake up, you. Anyway, yeah, blacksmithing in Breath of the Wild is fucked. There are still hammers and things that respawn around. Yeah, the people are clearly making weapons, but it's not clear where they're doing it sometimes. We do also have some emails. 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 Oh, wow. Yeah, we got like five since our last episode aired. Yay. You can send us emails to Book of Medora Podcast at gmail.com. That's Book of Medora Podcast at gmail.com. Our first email comes in from one Mitchell. Since it seemed like you hadn't come across the dialogue, here's a neat tidbit about the location of Demise's battle from Phi. Perhaps it will help draw out new insights about that mysterious location. I have no record of this place. Analysis suggests this is a space created by the powerful magic of Demise. That may be the reason you can't use your Skyward Strike here. By the way, here's a theory about Demise. When I played through the fight, I got the impression that Demise was time asynchronous, so to speak. I like that phrase, time asynchronous. Phi's dialogue about how Demise had conquered time itself, Demise talking about waiting thousands of years despite how at this point in the timeline Hylia had only just imprisoned him, and Demise talking like he could just grab the Triforce after the fight even though it was only freely available in the future, though perhaps Demise was thinking long term there. All these things together gave the feel of Demise as someone who was aware of events in time beyond the here and now. What do you think of this theory, and how would it affect the already messy time shenanigans in Skyward Sword? Thank you for the email, Mitchell. Thank you. I think we basically did conclude that Demise was out of t- outside of time. Time asynchronous. Yes. Either through devouring most of Hylia's power or on his own. In the beginning, there was a guardian of time. Oh. And the guardian <laughs> of time looked through time and fell in love with Link. Uh-huh. And split into two halves. Hylia... And Demise. What? Demise was the titty witch all along? Yeah. <laughs> Demise was the titty witch all along. Okay. Um, good. I think that we've reached a certain point. I, 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 mm, I think we might be getting tired. Okay, we can call it. Uh, we don't. If you want to keep going, we can keep going. But it feels like we're kind of falling the fuck apart here. <laughs> no, let's 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 end. We've this gone episode. time asynchronous. What, what do we what do we think? Of, like, do, 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 does that does Fi's description of that place read make us read it any differently? Time asynchronous. I have no record of this place. Analysis suggests that this is a space created by the powerful magic of demise. The way that we read it is that demise took you somewhere that already existed, but Phi suggests that this space did not exist before Demise came to it. Hmm. So... Phi is not really sure about this either, though. It's true that she's not sure, though her analysis does indicate in this direction. Like, it doesn't seem to line up with that idea that we entertained, where it was possible that this was the beginning of time, so to speak. This isn't that. The only thing, the problem with this is that if Demise created this place, he made an error in that the lightning that 
he can summon is also something that can be claimed by Link. But huh. I guess it's possible. I mean, that's, that's that would make sense. Demise wants a fight. Demise does actually want to fight, and he does not know anything about Link. So maybe the way that he built that world was meant to. Maybe the way that he built that world was meant to match his own fighting style, and the whole idea of the Skyward Strike was according to Hylia's design so that Link would be trained to be able to steal Demise's power in that one moment. That's elaborate. I like it. That's Hylia, man. So that's my take on it. The Dark Dimension, a place beyond time. Where? What are you referencing? <laughs> that would be uh, the film Doctor Strange 2016, oh. directed by oh. Scott Derrickson. What did you and Luke think of Doctor Strange 2016? It's a good movie. That's cool. It's a cool movie that's got some weird stuff in it. It's got some weird stuff in it. But it's a cool movie. But it's weird. But y'all are used to that by now. What's after Doctor Strange? Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. The good one. Oh, okay. That's an interesting movie. That's an interesting movie that I thought was good. I probably liked it better than the first one. Yeah, first one how, sucks. How much did you and Luke enjoy the I'm Mary Poppins y'all joke? We haven't seen it yet. Damn it. I liked it. It's a good joke. Oh, I'm really interested to hear how you and Luke will end up talking about the blue boy. The the the, the acting that one Chris not Evans, not Pine, not Evans. Pratt. 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 Chris Pratt. There's a lot of white Chris's in the MCU. Does when he he looks up at when Yondu asks, "Is he cool?" Yeah, he's cool. Is very yeah. good. It's those quiet moments, as quiet as anything in that fucking movie can be. Cameron, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at CamWriter. You can find me at Arcane Crystal on Twitter patreon.com slash arcane crystal where you can get podcasts early and exclusive podcasts like let's place let's place the show where we scientifically objectively rank every episode of let's place according to quality uh and you can you can listen to all lots of other great podcasts on audioentropy.com like teenagers with attitude and all along the watchtower and totally reprise that's a lot of that's a lot of fucking shows we've run into an issue What's that? I've I'm completely run dry on Zelda jokes. Oh, um, okay. That I think that's allowed. Um, Monica, do you have any Zelda jokes? No. Okay. Um, we don't have to end with a joke. What? How else would we end? An outrageous timeline theory. We'll never run out of those. We've covered a couple in this episode. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um. Hmm. I mean. Like, you sandbagged my joke about Lana being a Vocaloid, but one of her weapons is just her running around with, like, what do you call the actual weapon that Xena has in Xena Warrior Princess? A chakra? Chakram? Yeah. And she uses it as, like, a summoning gate, but the only way she can use it as a summoning gate is by doing all these Vocaloid dances. Okay, what... What does the... No, that's really... I got one. Uh Uh-huh. This comes from some classic Zelda jokes from an old Nintendo Power magazine on reddit.com. Oh, shit. Posted by user Undakuva. What's the best deodorant in Hyrule? What? Lynx. Lynx is the uh, UK name for Axe. Oh. Well, goodbye, everybody. (laughs) 